1: Hi there, I'm Jason Shulman, and this is New Books in Australian and New Zealand Studies. My guest is Rodney Tiffin. He's Emeritus Professor in Government and International Relations at the University of Sydney. He's here to talk about his new book, Disposable Leaders, Media and Leadership Coups from Menzies to Abbott, published by New South Publishing in February 2017. Rod, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. Good to be here. Well, it's great to have you on. So, Rod, the book looks at the Prime ministers and leaders from Menzies to Abbott. How did you get interested in the idea of leadership coups?
0: Well, I, I'm a long time student of media and politics, and in Australia we've had this rash of leadership coups in the last few decades. So partly their frequency um, fascinated me, but part and and also they're very strange, unique conflicts there conflicts between people that ostensibly are allies, so the conflict has to be contained in the larger interests of the party. And that makes them quite explosive in media terms, because they often proceed by leaks and background briefings, and that has issues of trust, and it's hard to bring them to a crisis point, climax. So it's just a very messy and interesting process.
1: We've seen political polarization uh, across the world, uh, you know, between opposing parties, but your book looks at tensions within parties. So how did you get, what was interesting to you about that kind of phenomenon?
0: Well, that's right. You know, we've had the same polarization between parties here. And to some extent, that reflects social forces. But even more, I think it reflects um, the logic of the party competition. When you've got two major parties it's a zero-sum winner-take-all electoral contest and that makes for ruthlessness and um, um, doing whatever it takes to win you know and politics within parties has also become more ruthless partly it's a pragmatic calculation of who's the most likely to win but equally it's um it's often reflects a growing polarization within parties about differences in uh,
1: ideological views and so forth. So your book does two things. You know, the first is it explores the politics of these coups, and the second is that it looks at the media. What was yep. the uh, thinking behind put, putting such an important role on the media?
0: Well, the media often are very involved in how these coups unfold. And um, managing the media is a very fraught process uh, for the politicians involved. They don't want to raise expectations too high. They don't want to um, um, build up tensions they can't resolve and so forth. So the media's role is often quite explosive. Um, and that's partly because so much of it is done through leaks and briefings um, where the source isn't known. And it's also that the we have... As you do in the United States, we have such an emphasis on spinning the news today by politicians, and that spinning the news is—it's one of the themes in my book. How often that goes wrong and backfires for the for the uh, leader and the spin doctor.
1: The first couple of chapters of the book deal with recent events. Uh, there's the Rudd Gillard Rudd period, uh, the Abbott Turnbull period. What's interesting is that leadership troubles usually come from those closest to you, not not from people you know who, who are outside of your inner circle. so obviously uh, G- Julia Gillard was Rudd's deputy. Turnbull was um, Abbott's communications minister. Why, why is it that those closest to the leaders are often the ones uh, who take them down? Yeah. Well, it, it,
0: it, is, it is that way. It, it, there's an old saying in Australian politics that in Parliament your, your opponents sit opposite you and your enemies sit behind you. And uh, it's getting at the fact that often there's a much greater sense of um, betrayal and um, jealousy and intrigue in internal processes than with the external enemy, as it were, or external opponent, I should say. It's important to remember we're not enemies; we're they're opponents. Um, and um, uh, I think that the the tensions inside can build up to this point of um, feeling there's no way out except to overthrow the leader. But after that happens, there's always a legacy of bitterness and betrayal, and um, uh, so. You know, Julia Gillard overthrew Kevin Rudd, and then Rudd was just bent on revenge, and eventually he overthrew Gillard three years later, um, and, and both coups arguably did huge damage to the party, and they set up this um, um, dynamic that was really only resolved when both of them had left Parliament
1: you you talk about uh, this really interesting place in Australian politics, which is the party room. Uh, what does it mean that so much of, you know, what is important to the party and to the government is happening kind of behind these closed doors? What does that mean for democracy?
0: Well, um, it's always been the case and the doors are less closed now than they used to be, you know, so, um, uh, things have to be resolved first of all in the party room. There's a, uh, I think it was Lord Melbourne, the British Prime Minister, once said it. Well, I don't care if we all say yes or we all say no, as long as we all say the same thing. And parties trying to work out their position is um, is one of the, you know, more difficult things when there's genuine uncertainty, and you're they're often trying to calculate both the substance of what's best to do and the politics of whether this will be advantageous or not. And um, uh, so the party room has always been a central um, uh, forum of how things are done politically. But um, in somewhat, sometimes it's fine, but other times it's way out of step with public opinion. Opinion in the party room or in the party is quite different from the public as a whole. And that's partly because party activists tend to be rather more polarised than, and um, stronger in their views than the than the public as a whole, which is often sort of muddling around the middle, if you like.
1: So we've had all these leadership coups, which you write about, and one question we need to ask is: Are leadership coups politically smart? Does the party? you know, that, uh, picks a new leader kind of, you know, before an election, do do they do better when the next election comes?
0: Well, it's a good question. And the answer is more often than not, they're not smart. Um, in government, when you overthrow the leader of a government, it's nearly always very damaging politically because it means that there is a, um, a sort of public admission that the government's been on the wrong track, and um, uh, so leadership crises are far more frequent in opposition than in government. But even in opposition, I calculated that only just more than uh, just under one in three were successful. So a bit more than two in three um, did the party either no good or actually did it damage. So. It seems at the time, and and often these coups are born out of desperation, you know, what have we got to do to win the next election? And so it seems very tempting, because so much of the focus is on the leader. It seems very tempting to change leaders. But more often than not, it doesn't work.
1: What do all these coups tell us about the political talent pool, as you call it? Uh, Does it reveal that there's actually a very shallow pool of talent if, you know, we keep recycling through these leaders?
0: Well, sometimes that is the case. Uh, sometimes it is the case, especially in a, uh, a small state with a, um, um, a small opposition. There's a, a fairly shallow talent pool. But, you know, on the whole, I think that, um, you know, members of, say, the federal parliament in Australia would be, more or less on a par with members of the Congress in the U.S. or members of Parliament in Britain in terms of their ability and so forth. They, whether you want to call that shallow or deep, I'm not sure. But uh, I don't think it's that Australia's lacking in political talent or anything. But it's we do have a particularly ruthless political culture, and um, and that feeds on itself. Um, there's been a little bit more leadership stability in the last. Couple of years, and I think that's partly a recognition of how much damage these coups have been doing.
1: Let's talk about the media, which is an interest of yours. What does the what do the leaks, uh, you know, that come out of cabinet or the party room tell us about the place of the media, and then the political operatives whose job it is to kind of spin the news?
0: Yeah, well, it's it's there's such a variety of leaks. Um, and sometimes, I mean, uh, the famous New York Times columnist James Reston was the one that said the ship of state is the only one that leaks from the top. And so sometimes leaks are quite deliberate ploys by leaders. And sometimes, you know, the people that express most indignation about a leak could well be the leaker. So you're entering a, a hall of mirrors sometimes in trying to figure out who's leaking and for what motive. But they, they're often had very much to tensions inside the party, and they um, uh, they raise directly issues of trust. Like if you and I, if you and I, Jason are having a friendly conversation, and then one of us reads an account about it in the newspaper, it immediately raises issues. You know, did Jason betray me? What's Jason's motive, and so on. So it's it's a sort of um, very tricky thing to get at. Often, you know, when There's always a lot of gossip in the parliamentary press gallery about leaks and um, uh, sometimes it's well-informed and and, uh, sometimes who knows.
1: So you say that Australia has been kind of exceptionally unstable uh, in the last four decades, even relative to other parliamentary uh, democracies. What has driven this uh, instability?
0: Well, we're one of the few democracies in the world that only has a three-year lead election cycle and so that means that and and sometimes because of um, issues to do with the senate and whatever it, it turns out to be shorter than three years so that means there's the electoral pressure is very constantly on in Australia and that in turn means that there's a sort of preoccupation with what's working and what's not working politically so I but as I say, I think these things feed on themselves. You know, um, some t- someone has been overthrown as leader. They often then start intriguing against their successor and, uh, and so forth. So the constancy of elections, the, um, the way these things feed on themselves, it sets up a sort of self-perpetuating dynamic, which has only been put somewhat into reverse in recent years. Because of a growing recognition of the political damage that leadership instability has been doing, uh,
1: what does the political instability mean for the country as a whole? Is it, uh, you know, causing weakness in Australian democracy, or is it the result of? Or you say you say it's a cycle, so it's actually uh, kind of a, a cause and effect.
0: It's not been good in terms of uh, bringing a sense of confidence among the public in our political politics and politicians, and I think this is a trend across the Western world, but one of the things feeding into it in Australia is the leadership instability and a feeling, therefore, that politicians are preoccupied with playing their own games and not focusing on advancing the national interest and the public interest, and so we do have a, um, a sort of increasingly low depressingly low in some ways opinion public opinion of politicians and i think i think the leadership instability is one of the factors driving it here
1: last question Rod, before i let you go uh, are we going to see a continuation of this pattern you seem you, you said earlier that that things have uh, kind of smoothed out a little bit but there's no guaranteeing we're going to make it to 2019 you know full term i
0: yeah look i think i think it, it may not be at the manic pace it's been at in the past, but I think it, it, the leadership instability is here to stay. There'll be sort of periods of relative calm and then periods of great disruption. And the in the past, the Labor Party had more internal, political, ideological divisions, but now they're much sharper in the Liberal Party and the conservative wing of the Liberal Party, somewhat like your... Um, your Tea Party and amongst the Republicans is being, you know, much more um, playing the game, much internal game, much harder. And again, there's always this sort of cycle of hope and pessimism. That you know, in the pessimistic phase, you know, is when leadership coups tend to happen. So I think they're going to keep on happening
1: for better and for worse. Mm -hmm. Rod, I want to thank you for being on the show today. That's Rodney Tiffin. He's Emeritus Professor in Government and International Relations at the University of Sydney. His new book is Disposable Leaders, Media and Leadership Coups from Menzies to Abbott. It's published by New South Publishing in February 2017. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.